So I saw that you went to a rave. Yeah, yeah. I just went to a fucking. There were there was a week where I went to like two different raves. Um, I've actually been to more clubs, like last month than I had been in my entire life. And what throws me off is how people dance in clubs, because I always assumed it was some like blade type like. Everyone's getting real crazy, throwing their arms everywhere, Dude, like getting all sexy. Yeah, yeah. But every club I've been to that wasn't like a hard rave has just been like everyone's kind of got a drink in hand. They're like swaying from left to right. They're kind of like moving their shoulders a little bit. Yeah. It's it's, and I was trying to hard step. I was trying to like get in there and like <laughs> sweat sweat some shit off. Like, come you on, know? pussies! It's like come on, get in the fucking pit. <laughs> Are you picking up dimes and shit or whatever it's called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> yeah, the crowd killing. But yeah, I guess clubs are like more chill. It's just too chill, man. It's not for me. Uh, uh, if I'm going chill. out to dance, I'm going out to dance. You're like, I want to lose weight after this. I, like, <laughs> I'm trying to lose I'm trying to weight. like not move tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and that and raves are more intense? Yes. Okay. Um, Is that, are like, you getting your blade energy at a rave? I am. I am. It was the best workout I'd gotten in, in probably months. Nice. Uh, was that we went to a rave and just immediately, like no one's on the dance floor. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to be out at places for a long time. Yeah. You know, I don't feel the need to be out at a rave for like six hours. Is that what you're telling people there? You're like, Hey, I don't need to be here. Okay. <laughs> Can you all step it the so, fuck up? So, uh, a little appreciation, a little respect, <laughs> yeah. please. Can everyone surround me? <laughs> um, so, I was just like, the first DJ was going on, and we were there for about like 15 or 20 minutes, and I was like, fuck it, like, even if no one else is dancing, I'm just going to start dancing, because I want to dance. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, I start dancing, like, no one else is really joining. After, after a bit, 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, more people flood in. It, it, there's a there's a little bit more of a crowd, but there's still enough space to dance. Mm. That's like the ideal situation. I stayed for like, I was dancing for like two hours, Shit. and I was there for about three. Um, and so I I, I got my steps in, uh, <laughs> and I like there was still like th- there was still like three hours left in the rave, and I was like, nah, I'm going home. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I did what I needed to do. Dude, yeah, that's kind of that's how I always was going out. Like, we don't, I don't go out very much anymore, like to bars and especially not clubs. Um, sure, but that's how I always was too, man. Like, I'd get to a bar at like ten o'clock at night. By midnight, I'm like ready to go home. I'm just like, okay, I've had my four or five drinks. Like, I'm fe- the moment I start feeling good, like toasty. I'm like, now I want to go home. Like, now it's more fun to me to, like, chill on my couch, smoke some weed, hang out with friends, and, like, watch a movie or something. Versus, like, let's keep going, dude! Like, I was never into, like, going all night. You're not trying to get, like, drunk at the bar? Well, once I started feeling drunk, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm ready. Like, let's, I want to go home now. (laughs) That's, I gotta at least pregame to that level before I even go out. That, I mean, that's how a lot of people are, man. But I was always, like... I'm going to get high, and the whole thing about, like, you get stoned, you get thirsty. So I'm, I'm like, yeah. super stoned when I get to the bar, start pounding old fashions or fucking, you know, PBRs or whatever the, the cheapest drink is that night. 
And that's the thing is like after two hours, I'm just like, and all the drinks start hitting me, and I'm just like, okay, I want to go home now. Because uh, I love, like, getting kind of, like, nice and drunk and then, like, smoking. Yeah. And that's the whole sure. thing, too. Like, you, I've learned my lesson too many times, and I'm going to stick with it that it's, like, I have my two drinks, three tops, and then I come home and I smoke. I'm like, I don't want to get super fucked up on alcohol because I don't feel good after a little bit. Sure. Like, after a couple hours, I start feeling really sick. But if I get nice and toasty and then I smoke that gets me to where I want to be you know that's where you want to fucking that's be, where I want to be I start kind of swimming a little bit and then I'm already on my couch is the thing it's like once I start I, feeling really fucked up I'm already home and that's the and whole so point to me is that like the vibe when you come home and smoke you're still a little you're still a little warm yeah in the gills uh is there like some good music to listen to when you're in that kind of like zone Personally, for me, it's always shit that uh, I listened to in high school <laughs> that I put on. Arx <laughs> Bandits. Yeah, you're listening to like Sublime and yeah, uh, punk, any good punk music. Arx Bandits is really good when I'm nice and drunk because I I just get like really into it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, like mostly hip hop, anything to make me feel cool. All right. Well, you know, I do appreciate a good crossfade every once in a while. I, it doesn't work for everyone, man, but it works for me. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and personally, the kind of like stuff that I'm into is kind of like a, uh, what's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds podcast. This is a podcast where two good buds talk about one good album for a good amount of time. I am your co-host, Ash Burnside Hanrahan. With me, as always, the other co-host. It's Lucas Crowd Killer and Dracovs. Fucking Double neck chop. And today we are talking, we're talking about a little album called Destroyer Hmm. by an artist called Black Mountain. Hmm. Have you heard of him? Man, that transition gave me whiplash. (laughs) That was... (laughs) I always, it's got, it's, the transition's always got to be smooth as butter or it's got to like give you spinal damage. Yeah, I think That's the only way I do it. Yeah, I think I, I can't feel my third vertebrae from the bottom. Oh, good. Say goodbye to those little pinky toes then. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, they're falling off. I got soon. too real. Uh, yeah, this is um, this is an album that I brought to the table, and uh, and this yes, is sir. one of those that I listened to for my album of the day reviews that I was doing. So I had only heard this once before, and I really liked it uh, when I heard it the first time. And this album suffers from the earbuds. It suffered from the earbuds uh, process for me. Mm. Because <laughs> we like to listen to albums like a handful of times before we finally sit down and talk about them. I'd say a minimum of three yeah. to four times for me. Yeah. Some some more, some less if I already know the albums. Or how long it took for us to finally record. Like it feels like, you know, to, everyone, um, it's, to whoever's listening or watching, like it's going to feel like nothing, like no time has passed. But it's probably been like two, at least two weeks since we've recorded, right? It's been like two and a half to three weeks yeah. since we've last recorded any episode yeah that's true Um, the last thing we did was a chit chat and so i've i've listened to this album a a good handful of times and then a week passed and then i forgot everything and then i had to listen again (laughs) uh, yeah i feel like i uh i feel like i i didn't sell this album super accurately to you when i brought it no not at all yeah 
I'd say extremely poorly. Yeah, yeah, because again, I'd only heard it once. It had been it's been two years since I've listened to it. So to me, I I remembered it as just like pretty good, straightforward stoner rock, and that's not really what it is. I would say no. the The only thing I could think of throughout this entire album, and I feel like you'll feel the same way, is if Pink Floyd was kind of doing their first shit. And it kept evolving with, like, 80s metal. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like if Pink Floyd and Judas Priest fucked, and then that kid fucked Marilyn Manson, and then their baby kind of made this record to me. And, and, and like, also, like, a blues guitarist in a, in a dive bar. Right, yeah, like the blind guy from Blues Brothers or something. Right, yeah. yeah. I think, right? No, Roadhouse. <laughs> The blind guitarist know. from Roadhouse. He's a guy. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, calling a stoner rock is, is doing it a little bit of disservice because, like, me and you kind of prejudge anything that is, like, considered stoner rock because it can be, so, <laughs> like, boring as fuck. Yeah. And it all kind of yeah, sounds yeah, the same yeah. after a while. Uh, but this, I would definitely say this is more 80s-inspired metal. This is more inspired by 80s metal than anything else. And, like, I even yeah. got some, like, a little bit of punk in there a little bit. And but and a little bit of hair metal, you know. Yeah, there was there were a lot of, they kind of pulled from a lot of different sublets of eighties metal in there. Yeah, I kind of got Motley Crue sometimes. Yes. I even got some Def Leppard sometimes. Huh. Okay. Uh, which was a little odd, but they always, they do still always kind of incorporate this basis of a Pink Floyd vibe because they're psychedelic and there's a lot more synth on this record than i remember there being yeah yeah there's a good amount and it's by far my favorite part of the record too like all the synth work is really cool and it gives it this like super moody like have a cigar welcome to the machine type vibe yeah will there's one song that we'll get into later that remind me so much of uh, welcome to the machine. Welcome, like, my son. Welcome, welcome to the machine. machine. Dude, I was listening to um, the Wall the other day. Yeah. And who like? Why does no one ever give major props to the fucking synth player in Pink Floyd? Like that dude is low key one of the fucking best parts of the band. Well, and I never rough. thought about it. When you're in a band of fucking, like, Roger Waters... And David Gilmore. Like, some of the best guitar playing of all time, some of the best guitar soloing of all time, really good bass lines, fantastic vocals. Yeah. Like... And the songwriting, just in general, just being like, everything just works so well together that if you don't, you know, if you're not a standout, like, a performer, kind of, like... Gilmore yeah. and and Waters, then you do kind of like get lost in the shuffle, and I feel bad for the dude who played keyboard in Pink Floyd because listening to the Wall, especially, I was like, this dude is like the glue that holds all this shit together. I'm I'm sure he was fine. I'm sure he got over it. I don't know. Does I, the keyboardist get any any girls? I feel like he groupies? does. I feel like I feel like the Pink Floyd synth. Like keyboard players, pretty well respected. I, I feel like he he gets his due. What's his name? Jeff. Uh, Jesk. His name is Jeffrey <laughs> Sinclair. <laughs> That's I believe you. That sounds about right. Uh, I don't know, man. I kind of feel I kind of feel bad for the guy 
Um, well, like, what's the drummer's name? Doesn't fucking matter because he doesn't Jeff, do anything. Jeffrey anyway. Sinclair. He's Jeffrey Sinclair the second. <laughs> it was his son. The, the keyboard Esquire. was his son. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. speaking of fucking... Sorry, this is absolutely not related. I'll care. tell you real quick. Yeah. I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the first time. Great movie. Uh, really good fucking movie. Yeah. I had so much fun. Yeah, it's really fun. It's so stupid. Like, it's beyond it's incredibly, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a great stoner movie. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, right up there with, like, Dude, Where's My Car? For, like, stoner movie, you know? Yeah. That's not a stoner exactly. movie, you know? Because, like, no one smokes weed in either of those movies, but they're obviously both made for stoners. It's like they're both obviously have, like, pothead characters in it. And, right. Like, fucking, like, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah, but that's a like, hard, shit like that's that. hard stoner comedy right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not as subtle. No. <laughs> and there's nothing subtle about this fucking album, dude. No. No, there isn't. I, I it's it's pretty it can be very soft or it could be very bashing whenever it wants to be. Yeah. Uh I really like the drums throughout this record. There's really? especially I really like the production of the drums. Okay, because is it just me? Or does it sound like the drummer doesn't really know what they're doing half the time? <laughs> I don't know about that. It it feels I, like the traditional rock and roll drumming, you know, where it's like you hit the kick on the two and the four or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like the kick is all over the place on this album, like specifically on Horns Arising. The drummer's doing this weird, like, like, and it's not following a pattern. It's not the same thing every time. It's not... Like, there doesn't seem to be a part written, and it doesn't seem to, like, go along with what the bassist is doing or what the guitarist is doing. It's just, like, the drummer is just hitting the kick out of nowhere. It kind of seems like they're just doing their own thing. Yeah. 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 And that's strange (laughs) to me. But I love... I feel like the cymbals are really good in the the array of music here. They're very, like, washy and uh, very encapsulating. The drums are very thick. Um, on License to Drive, there's a nice like little Tom part that happens at the beginning uh, that I think is very cool. It's it's bashing along with like the fuzz guitars uh, yeah. that pervade through this whole record. The overall production uh, is great on this album. Yeah, I think so too. It, I I think like it, and they make a couple production choices that you wouldn't like wouldn't really be keyed to at first like on um like future shade whenever the the female vocalist comes in very strange yeah it's very strange and like very not so synced up parts a bit of a weird like filter on her voice yeah and it's not like a great vocal part either but like it's kind of cool it's it's kind of cool you know, actually, oh man, I meant to open the page uh, about this record, but that fucking, that female singer, I'm pretty sure, is from a band called Sleepy Sun, which is a really good uh, stoner rock, uh, not stoner rock, I would say more psych rock uh, band, and it was cool to see that she was like featured on this album. I think she's the one singing um, backup vocals, Rachel Fannin. Okay, because she's on, I assume it's the same singer on like High Rise. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of made a couple appearances. I thought she was just like a part of the band or something. She might be after this record, but this is the first one with her on it. 
um, and I'd heard some of their earlier stuff, and I don't remember uh, like a having a female vocals going along with their stuff. But yeah, you know this this uh, this album, like again, it, it did suffer from the earbuds process for me a little bit. But the songs that I like on this album, I like a lot, and Future Shades one of them, uh, even though it's like two minutes too long. But sure. I didn't realize it until I did a little bit of research on this that it's like kind of a concept record. Yeah, you know, I assumed when we got to, uh, I think it was, I think it was High Rise or pretty, it, no, I think it was Boogie Lover, when they referenced close to, close to the edge again yeah. in the vocals. Like, all right, there's probably some pervading narrative. I looked at the lyrics. To me, it's kind of like too steeped in this mysticism and like. Yeah these symbolism these and psychedelic like themes that I can't really follow along with whatever's going on in the song. But that line, uh, the loneliest cock in the sky for a high rise is a pretty fucking great line. The weirdest way to describe I, 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 a fucking high rise building I've ever heard. The loneliest <laughs> cock in the sky, but it was actually licensed to drive that they, that they brought back the closer to the edge. Um, that's what it was. We're getting close. Close to the edge, and like you're an you're an Iron Maiden uh, head, right? If I had to choose a, a band from that era, Iron Maiden would be my my go-to. Was it just me that heard a, a lot of Iron Maiden in the, in the riffage and in the more like energetic songs? No, I kind of felt that whenever they were on the more metal side of things. Yeah, I, I kind of got little Iron Maiden feels, um, little. It's hard to describe because I'm not so well versed in that area. Yeah, me neither. But like, it's not like thrash metal or anything like that. It was a very like early on blues incorporated metal. Yeah. That I was hearing throughout the album. Like uh, late seventies metal, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like between those two little eras. Yeah, that transition period, like when uh, when Judas Priest started getting big and Iron Maiden and and uh, yeah, before the hair metal days. Like that that middle period there, yeah, um, right. Yeah, I overall like on the songs that I liked, I liked the riffage a lot, um, and the vocalist reminded me uh, several times of Marilyn Manson in a weird way. That's why I brought him I, up. Earlier. I really haven't listened to to Marilyn Manson. Oh, before. okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of like very throaty, very throaty, and like kind of like. A little vibrato, and it's it's really unique. And the singer kind of has this like future shade. Like I thought they were from <laughs> from like England or Liverpool or whatever, but they're fucking uh, Canadian. You know, I I kind of got a um, bright light, <coughs> social but, hour well, kind of vibe. Another from Canadian band. a little bit. You know, especially like that uh, space is still the place album. With that, like, kind of slower, like, oh, like, yeah. you know, whatever all that is. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I thought you. I thought you said Bright Light Social Club, and I was like, that's another Canadian band. But you said Bright Light Social. Club. <laughs> is it? Is it Bright Light Social Club? Is that what Isn't it's called? It? I think so. It's. Uh, well, in any case. Anyway, uh, I I also think there were some. Uh, some songs that were much longer than they ever really needed to be. <laughs> Agreed. Um, the last song is kind of a weird ending. It, Not exactly sure why they chose it. No, I I really didn't dig that one very much. It, it's like, is it the first 
metal prom slow dance song ever written. <laughs> well, it, it like starts with that bass line, right? Yeah. Um, which I think is a cool start, but then it doesn't really progress far past anything that happens in the first minute. I like the I like the closing riff on it. Um, that they end it like the last minute, like uh, yeah. That's the thing that that happens throughout this album. Yes, usually. I like the songs. This, the best parts of the songs are like three fourths of the way through it. Yeah, and, and this one's with that last track that like. Yeah, very like Halloween vibes. <laughs> yeah, super moody. Uh, but yeah, I de- what I hated the most about that song was the vocalist. Like, sounds like he's trying so hard to sound like David Bowie. And I just I can't sign off on it. Maybe it's part of the narrative of the of this concept record. So the concept, yeah, the concept record is like supposed to give you the feeling of what it's like to be behind the wheel of a hot rod, of like a muscle car. So really, yeah, it's like that's the whole thing. And um, I don't know. So that. Destroyer is a reference to the Dodge Destroyer, which was a muscle car I think in the seventies that only had one run, like no one fucking bought it. Uh, <laughs> damn so that was that part and then you know um like you kind of the more i listened to it and the one when i read that it was a concept record and you know like there's literally something called license to drive which is a reference to the fact that the singer just got his license in like 2017 so i'm sure fd72 is some car reference it sounds like the type of like motor oil you would use or something it definitely sounds like a car <laughs> reference, but the more I listened to it, I was like, "This kind of does feel like a dr- um, metal album to drive to." You know what I mean? Like desert driving. Yeah, well, it's metal. You know, aside from the 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 album, kind of gets more and more chill throughout. Like the first two songs are kind of the heaviest and most fast paced it really gets. Yeah, and then from there, it's not really a driving kind of music so much as it is like. It, it's it's got a moody. little bit of a stoned out seventies metal vibe. I mean, like pretty pretty little lazies is probably my least favorite song next to Boogie Lover. Like I really didn't <laughs> like either of those songs, uh, yeah. but Pretty Little Lazies like sounds like a weird bizarro mix of like Beck and David Bowie or something. It is not good. And then when they pick up the pace, maybe like three minutes in. It gets a little more interesting. It's not like exciting or anything, but it's at least more interesting than that weird ass acoustic stuff that they were doing in the first three minutes of the song. It's very strange. Wow. Um, but the album starts very strong. That like, like very classic eighties chuggy, super yeah, riffy yeah. metal. And then horns are rising. I would say is probably the most stoner metal, like straightforward stoner metal of of the the tracks. Yeah. Um, great riff though like I remember the first time I heard that I was like you know Mortalis was still going strong before uh, fucking the pandemic started so in 2020 yeah. I heard that I was like ugh like it made me want to like I, I got so like nostalgic and and made me want to like jam with you guys um, but listening to it now I'm just kind of like eh. it's I, I like it's very evil sounding yes um, I feel like it would really kill live in a live setting. The yeah, great riff. You know, great riff. Um, but you know, 
Yeah. I mean, the that super fuzzy bass, I think, live could be cool. But, man, I do love the fucking synth. The like fucking like uh oh what's that fucking band we talked about black moth super rainbow kind of like style synthesizer i i get i would need to go back to that oh yeah the album anything like yeah yeah the album uh dandelion gum that you remember that one that we reviewed no i remember that i don't know what you're like I don't remember a synth like that in this album. Yeah, Horns Are Rising. Um, it's like the third measure of the main riff. They do this like really cool, kind of high-pitched, airy, but distorted uh, synth part on there. And it reminded me a lot of Black Moth Super Rainbow. Hmm. Well, I mean, if we're talk- while we're talking about shit, do you want to get into like Gnar Nugs? Do you have, what Do you have other things to say about this record in general not really i got nothing else what i did think though and i don't know if you would humor me is i think it makes more sense to do readings first and then talk about our two favorite songs oh okay because Um, it almost feels like we talk about everything we liked and didn't like and then we talk about our two favorite songs and then we rate it and i feel like and then we almost like repeat stuff that we said already like in the rating so i'm just like let's talk about the album and then rate it and then we'll be like and these are our two favorite songs you want to try it yeah i mean i i always saw it as a bit of a recap for people who like skip to the end or weren't really listening i would love if someone actually does that to find out if someone like (laughs) fucking i'm just gonna skip through 45 minutes in just to get to the rating (laughs) like (laughs) please comment if you fucking do that because that's that'd be hilarious but uh, I say let's rate it real quick, and then we'll talk sure. about our two let's favorite songs. Let's try it songs. out. Yeah. I'll let you go first. All right. Um, it's a... Uh, the whole time, just thinking an old metal blues, so, kind of psychedelic, some spacey parts, some psychedelic parts. Um, nice little synth in there. I like the production. It's got a warm fuzziness to it mm-hmm. uh, through most of the album. I'm gonna rate like there were there were a lot of moments that lost me though. Yeah, me too. And a lot of it had to do with song length, maybe uh, repetition of parts. They're not really being an outstanding part in this song, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I think right now I'm gonna give this album like a six point four. Wow. Okay, that's not bad. It's not. It's not too. There's nothing offensive about it, really. Yeah, it's just boring um, at times. It, it could be a little boring. It, it's yeah. a very safe record. I think you could turn it on for anyone, and then and they wouldn't be like scared of it or it's anything true. like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm gonna actually be quite a bit lower than you. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh shit! You know, everything that I like about this album is that like I'm super into psychedelic rock and especially like new stuff. Um, and everything I like about this record is the different things that they did than a lot of other psychedelic rock, rock bands are doing right now. Like they're, they're obviously like so late seventies, early eighties influenced, uh, on this. I love the moodiness of it, like how slow it is and kind of yeah. like plotting and, and, uh, yeah. And just moody is just, uh, the only word I could think of to like best describe it. And, you know, obviously, like, Synthesizer's huge in, in Psych Rock, but I think the way that they used it on this record was really unique and really front and center. Like, yeah. super loud in the mix. 
Um, like I said, you know, like I liked the the production. Uh, I thought it was all like very open and, and airy and spacey, but um, almost felt like claustrophobic at times. Also, and I think they pulled that off really well. Like they, any mood that they're trying to get you into, it was successful on every song. Um, mm. But man, the drums kind of drove me nuts. I didn't like what they were doing 95% of the time. Wow, I didn't think it'd be such a big problem. I really didn't enjoy it. The drums kind of took me out of it a lot, because when I started paying attention, I was just like, this person doesn't know what they're fucking doing. Um, you know, and there's so much 80s-ness on this record, almost like Ministry at times with the synthesizer, but also like Children of Bodom. I got vibes at times, too. And uh, there's so much 80s-ness that my instinct is to fucking hate it. Because I hate that era. Sure. I hate that era of metal. <laughs> I hate that era of rock and roll. But I like this version of it more than like any a, a hair metal song like ever fucking written. It's a lot more sure. stony and moody rather than cheesy. But like you know, yeah, it suffered from from uh, the earbuds curse, and uh, it started kind of, of like listening to it more than once. Of having to listen to it more than once, and honestly, like. Pretty Little Lazy's Boogie Lover in FD72. I fucking can't. I don't want to ever listen to those songs again. So yeah. I only liked half the songs on this, and the, but I did like them a lot. So I'm going to give it a 4.8. Wow. Okay. That is not what I was expecting. Me neither, man. I was like really surprised, <laughs> to be honest. Well, let's, let's get into Narnugs. I think we share one, and I don't think we share the other. You- I, I think the one we share is Horns Arising. Yes. All right, let's get into that because I I love the riff on that. Yeah, I think it has one of the better kind of moody sections in the middle, uh, where it's this these big fat tones happening. Um, it's like an acoustic guitar comes in, very like breathy vocals, um, and then just this thick bass coming in. Yeah, super snotty bass and a great it, solo. It's like. Like synth noise, yeah, happening. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. I I think it's it's it, it, they have a cool synth voice on it. Um, Best riff on the record. I I like the I like the vocoder on the vocals, like you said. Um, and the the song like it's six minutes long or seven minutes long almost, but yeah, it it has a lot of movements, so it kind of keeps you in it. You know, like you yeah. mentioned that part in the middle that kind of quiets down and then like opens right back up into the into the solo. But then you have that part at the end that's almost like I would the closest thing I could describe describe it to is like Marilyn Manson mixed with like Uncle Acid. I I can see a little Uncle Acid shit there. Like the doom. It, it definitely is like the stony like stoner rock song of the album. Yes. For sure, and uh, um, and very like theatrical there at the end, like it's like the fucking Phantom of the Opera or something, right? At the yeah, end. yeah, and it's cool. Yeah, the song definitely stands out. I will say, Future Shade was a very close uh, choice nug for me, but Horns Arising is just like just one notch above it. Uh, I, I, what were your uh, little narnerable mentions if you had any? I only have a couple. Um, Future Shade was one of them. It's yeah. it's like a gothic Judas Priest song. It's fucking great. It's one of mine as well. I think it's a great way to kick off the album. Super fun. Uh, great energy. And Closer to the Edge, man. I fucking love that song. 
Well, let's get into it then, because that is my second nug. I'm surprised, dude. I was, like, thinking, like, am I really going to make the basically instrumental song <laughs> one of my choice nugs? But it's so I, good. It's it's so good. I think it's because, and this is insulting. This is insulting what I'm about to say, but I really like it because it sounds so much like Pink Floyd. Yeah. Sure. And I've been I've been on a on a pretty pretty nice Pink Floyd kick recently. Random. And I, maybe this is an album that made me want to listen to The Wall. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, it, this song especially has these like Pink Floyd sounding synths on it. This like arpeggiated mm-hmm. uh, that's going through the whole thing, and these very like thick yeah. synths that go through. Um, it almost feels like I'm it. I'm walking on like. A desert on Mars or something. Yeah, it it's it reminded me of Welcome to the Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say the most. And then you know, like two minutes into the song or something, two and like at the at the end there, like this the guitar comes in and it's doing a very Pink Floyd like. Yeah, like it's so. I, 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 even if it is just like a Pink Floyd song, I mean, I love it. This, I, I love it. This what can song I say? sounds like it's plucked right out of like an '80s sci-fi movie. Like it's so perfect yeah. for that, yeah, for that right. vibe. Um, and yeah, dude, I'm, I'm with you, dude. Like this, this is this is probably the most cinematic song on the record, and definitely the spaciest, like the vibiest. Oh yeah, on the album for sure, for sure. Well, it was close. It was a very close choice nug of mine, and the one that I ended up picking, a lot of the reason that I picked this one as a choice nug is because they bring that back later in the album, and it's okay. licensed to drive. I, that was going to be my next guess. Yeah. Did you have any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions? Um. Yeah, Future Shade was one. Yeah. Uh, I liked Pretty Little Lazies. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> For whatever reason. I, it just, like, it was cool to me. Licensed to drive. Uh, was my last little Nardo one that bet Ben Jen. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, you know, High Rise isn't bad. It's just sort of a flyover. It's a little too repetitive. Um, but License to Drive, man. It's like, when it first started, I was like, ugh, like, I'm not, this is another one I'm not gonna like. But it's like you said, that fucking, like, to kind of, like, pick up that energy, like, a minute in. And then it gets into this like super fucking Iron Maiden Judas Priest riff, and the riff is so fucking good. Uh, you know, the first band I thought of was Molly Crew. Oh yeah, I mean totally. It's it, it could be very Harold Mudd like very driving riff. It does kind of sound like Tommy Lee drumming, for sure. Yeah, right. Very straightforward. And I just love that they brought back that the close to the closer to the edge like synth stuff there yeah. and like his vocal the, the female vocalist is here again welcome back which I like <laughs> I like I actually like her singing on this song um and it's interesting man like I love her in Sleepy Sun and I did not like her on this album at all I I loved her through the whole thing I thought she was a great compliment I, it is very hit or miss for me but uh. I would say this one, License to Drive, was the one that he sounded most like Marilyn Manson to me, with how like kind of lazy his vocals are and super throaty. Like it sounds mm-hmm. like all the the power in his vocals is coming from the throat. Yeah, sure. And it's got to come from the scrout, dude. You're the throat goat. 
If yeah, if if you're singing from your throat, you're you're neglecting the script, and that's not healthy. <laughs> uh, and a couple times in this song, it's like the cheesiest, most like <laughs> like synth comes in and those love backup, that shit. those backup vocals that are like kind of chanty. Yeah, uh, super fucking cheesy too. It's like it feels like everyone's wearing those like fingerless leather gloves and like <laughs> you know they're all like fuck yeah in the fisheye yeah. lens camera together like fucking singing those parts and I'm just like uh, the the cheesiness uh, it works for me on that song. Uh, all right. Do you have anything else to say? Are we we're not doing the ratings because we just did those? Yeah, we already did it. It's not that we're not doing. It. Yeah, it's that we already did it. So t- now is when we say thank bye you guys bye. for listening <laughs> thank you for watching uh we're on youtube or wherever you find your podcasts Believe we're it. on instagram at evp cast baby yep. that's where you're gonna get the updates that's where you're gonna get the leaks the, so the many leaks we have a lot we have a hundred percent of the earbuds podcast leaks yeah uh to our name yeah we leak everything ourselves it, it our managers furious at us yeah many have quit gotta create some buzz yeah we're like through our seventh or eighth manager now at this point yeah this year yeah matt matt's sticking around two weeks that's one of the that's some of the longest tenure you know what i think it is what i think it's because he's got three t's in his name it doesn't hurt I think I think it gives him that little more like power, that little more patience. It's like you, like hand or hand with like seven ends or something. There are seven ends in that name, which is crazy because there's only like seven letters. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, What's crazier though is if you actually fucking subscribe to our YouTube channel, if you follow us on the Instagram. That's pretty crazy. And comment, let us know what you guys think of this record. Are you big fucking Black Mountain fans? Uh, I want to know. Do you want to know, Ash? I don't really care. Yeah, I guess I don't either. It, you, you could like him, you could hate him. It's your life, you know. Enjoy what you enjoy. Why? Uh, why even do this? You know, I'm having a crisis now. What's the fucking point? I'm having. I'm crising. Lucas is sick. I am. Sick. I'm. I'm sick of, and I'm sick of him being uh, sick. Yeah. Uh, it is a terse energy, right now. I wonder if people have felt it throughout the episode. I hope you. I hope y'all been wearing your masks, because it will spread. Yeah, I'm spitting, I'm misting everywhere, and uh, and I don't know if you've heard me, but I've said a lot of fuck yous under my breath throughout this whole episode. It, and was that like directed to me or like the viewer or like? Huh? Huh? Uh, fuck you. Um, mostly you. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but to myself too. Okay. You know, I'm not happy with me. Sure. Hey, I, told I you, mean, my, you my could always been in a bowl of diarrhea for a week and a half now. <laughs> well, when Lucas's bowl of diarrhea hardens a little bit, we're going to get back to the fresh drops. We're going to get yes. back to the chit chats. Yes. We we still got another one. For oh, fuck, this is coming out so much later. Who knows oh what's yeah, happening dude. No, right this now. isn't. Yeah, we're recording this in early December. This is probably not going to come out till late January. <sighs> what, you, what was that? What was that? What the hell was that? My little produce tube. Are you nicking? Oh, okay. You better not be nicking. No, I just collect these. I like to kind of fidget with them. And you pretend I just that collect you them at work whenever a produce bag is run out of bags. Oh, wow. You have a lot of them. I'm trying to collect them all. Um, and then what? <laughs> Whoa. 
<laughs> the, a Russian nesting then, doll of of Then I can tubes. summon Exodia. Yeah, you gotta make like an art thing with that. No, just like All to right. fidget around with them, just having a little fun, you know. I get with it. My little tubes. You should go to Shark Tank with. Maybe I should. Be like fidget tubes. Thank. It, it, see us on Shark Tank. We'll see y'all next week. Lucas, this was good. Hey, this was good. We should do a Shark Tank episode. I think that'd be good. That'd be fun. I already I don't know I have ideas. Be, yeah? Yeah. I have some I, I just thought I, of a really good idea. What about these like tubes that you just fidget with? That you yeah. can like put one inside of the other one. It's like a like a kind of like, like a this could, thing? Uh, no, nothing like that. Oh. Alright, sorry. But I feel like, you know, I could probably source them pretty cheap from, like, grocery stores and stuff. Like, the produce bags. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a good... That's a good fucking... Fuck! Why didn't I think of that? I, I call it dibs. Even though you're going with me on the show. But, like, any money we make is mine. <laughs> I... I Well, as an official Trader Joe's employee, I can confiscate that shit from you whenever I need to. I never said I was going to get that shit from Trader Joe's. I hate Trader Joe's. I, I don't care. I never well, with my Trader Joe's power. I will just confiscate whatever the fuck I want from Trader you. Trader Joe's is a glorified fucking snack shop. It's not even that. Most of the snacks here aren't even like. Dude, great. People, people, there's a weird like Trader Joe's cult. There's a community. There's a fucking yeah. podcast. There's like a newsletter. What? There's, it, it's it's a whole lot of shit. B- goodbye. We're not getting into it. I'm not getting into it. Goodbye. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, fucking see ya. See ya.